Hello, and welcome to the Road from Emmaus podcast. I'm Jason Lowe, joined by Andrew Chow, and we are two totally ordinary Catholic guys hoping to share our journeys. Like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, we've each encountered Christ in our lives. Join us as we talk about what comes next. In life, we never really get everything that we want. There will be some kind of curveball thrown, some hoop to be jumped through, some wrench that finds its way into the best laid plans. As Catholics, we're called to turn to God in these situations, to trust in his will and to seek out his grace. It's easy to say this with words. On today's podcast, Andrew and I will discuss how to do it in practice. As has become customary over the last few months now, I think it's, again, been a while since we recorded our last podcast. Um, it's interesting. I think even though it's the summer, I, uh, for me, I, I've, I found it hard to find time to, to kind of arrange this, to, to make time for this. Um, but I'm always glad that we do, uh, not to start off with a weird sharing or whatever, <laughs> but like, Andrew literally just gave me like this weird look, like, what are you saying? <laughs> but no, I, I am glad. Um, I think I, I found that like, there are a few moments where, uh, there are certain things that nourish me in my spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those is, is this podcast and these conversations that I have with you. Um, there's some weird background noise. Someone's I'm not sure drilling. what that is. Someone's drilling. That's okay. Now, welcome to, to Andrew and Cherry's condo. <laughs> um, so anyway, I mean, that, that little reflection aside, um, I think today, you know, <laughs> uh, this drilling is actually a good, good, um, good example of the thing that we want to talk about today. Because this drilling is not something that we had planned for <laughs> to interrupt us within the first three minutes of our podcast recording here. Um, and, and yeah, that's what we want to talk about today is, you know, when, when you have plans for something and then something doesn't go the way that you, you wanted, mm-hmm. um, it's something that we've all encountered in our lives. It's something we're literally encountering, <laughs> encountering right now, um, with this background drilling noise. I think it's interesting just because, uh, it's, it's not, Everyone reacts to these kinds of things differently. Yeah. Right. And I think obviously the Catholic, the Catholic answer is, oh, go trust in the Lord. He will take care of you. Yeah. And certainly not to say that like that should be dismissed or that sentiment should be dismissed. Um, But it's always hard to kind of hear that when you're actually in the moment, um, when you're actually going through whatever it is that, that you've been disappointed by or the plan has gone wrong in some way. Um, you you listened to something recently, Andrew, yeah. that kind of spurred you to to suggest this as something to talk about. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was interesting. It was coming from a, a podcast episode from Catholic stuff you should know. Um, shout out to them um, where they were talking about. I think it was about jealousy, and, and they kind of went into this little tangent where they're saying like when when um, someone else has something that you don't. Um, well, a question that we often ask is why, and I think you know similarly. Um, frequently enough when things happen differently than what we think ought to happen I think a lot of us jump straight to asking why right I mean, why you know why uh, why didn't things happen this way I was, I was bringing up earlier that an example is back in our retreat planning days when we plan things out perfectly and we're like oh this is going to be 
the moment that we're building up to where like there will be tears there will be all this right. stuff everything's gonna be perfect the praise and worship thing that we like oh, practiced yeah. for so long and then like we were just in a, we we're in shambles trying to lead praise and worship mm-hmm. and, like that definitely didn't go the way we expected it to um and i think you know these are all interesting moments because it's really easy to be like oh my goodness like well that was all wasted or oh my goodness like you know why why would we why even bother in some senses right um what's going on here and um yeah it was it was interesting because um the in the podcast they posited an interesting idea that we often ask the wrong question we ask why as opposed to what mm-hmm. and the what being what is the lord trying to put in my life mm-hmm. right what lesson does the lord want me to learn what grace does the lord want me to receive maybe more aptly because it's not always a lesson mm-hmm. um and i thought that was an interesting turn right where it's hey like you know maybe in that praise and worship it's like we're so concerned about singing for those people that we're not doing it for god anymore yeah and that that whole like matt redmond uh heart of worship mm-hmm. you know that that whole sentiment right um, you want to explain that in case people oh, have not. Yes. So there is a praise and worship song called Heart of Worship. By Matt Redmond. So basically it's um, it's a fairly simple song. And, and he wrote it because the the community that he was a part of, um, they had gotten so into the production value and the production quality of their praise and worship music that he had this moment where he realized that like what he was stressing about was how good the music is. And he had forgotten about singing for God. Uh, and so he wrote this song, Heart of Worship, um, to uh, to really just say, like, you know what? At the end of the day, when everything fades away, it's all about you, God. Um, and so let me recenter myself, mm-hmm, in essence. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of, you know, these kinds of things where um, I think it's a great reminder to, to say, hey, like, are we asking that question when things don't go our way? Or, you know, why is it even our way that matters, mm-hmm. you know, in some senses? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I as someone who like i don't know my friends think of me as like this type a person i would say like parts of me sometimes i am type a um but like yeah i'm uh, overall i'm i'm an organized person for the most part i'm a planning type of person um and certainly in my younger years so i say that like i'm not young but um certainly years and years ago uh whenever things would not go according to plan it could be something trivial yeah. right um like, like you said, it could be something like leading praise and worship, where for me, I was very much um, focused on the, the I, don't, I don't know, the delivery of this, the, sure. you know, the music or the yeah. service or whatever. Um, I remember one time I was doing uh, adoration from music uh, for a music team. I was doing an adoration for one of our uh, parishes uh, locally, um, the, the, the youth ministry. And I think something went wrong with the PowerPoint mm. where like maybe the projector kept disconnecting or something. Right. And like, I was just really focused. This was in the middle of adoration. And I was just really focused on get- just getting this, the PowerPoint to work properly. Yeah. And I think one of my fellow ministry members, like she just kind of like, she was motioning to me. She was like, just leave it. Like, it's not a big deal. You know, uh, people don't need to look at the lyrics or whatever. They're distracting anyway. People are supposed to be looking at the monstrance. <clears throat> And I think that was, uh, again, in the moment, I was kind of like annoyed, you know, just annoyed overall, yeah. um, but totally not able to focus on, you know, um, the actual beauty that is, that was the Eucharist right mm-hmm. there, Jesus in front of me. 
Um, I was just so focused on the practical functional things, which I know for me is definitely something I constantly struggle with, um, where I I am very focused on, you know, kind of making things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and certainly that certainly part of that is just because I feel like that's a gift that God has given me. Yeah. But definitely, you know, you just become too, too into the thing. For sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's a really great example of an overreaching of the good, right? I think, um, we probably mentioned before that a lot of vice comes from, uh, an overreaching of something that is good. So using your gift Mm -hmm. is something obviously good. If you are a good administrator, which you are, Mm -hmm. it's good to apply that to what's around you. But then when we take it too far, that's when it turns into a distraction from what we're administrating for. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think it's really neat because, um, uh, overall, you know, this really ties into that whole, you know, uh, Gethsemane, Gethsemane prayer with Jesus, like not my will, but yours. Um, and, and kind of that, that whole spirit where I think like we're awful at that, you know, as a, as a culture, particularly North America and myself uh, for very much. So, um, you know, this is my, my constant challenge, right? It's, I think I probably mentioned this last episode too, but, um, you know, my, when I was talking to my spiritual director um, recently, and I was saying like, "Oh yeah, this is something I've been struggling with uh, over the last little bit," and, and he was like, "Andrew, not just the last little bit." <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's like this is your struggle, and it's like, you know, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all it always turns into some some other thing, right? Like for me in particular, you know, I think this overreaching of the good is something that I can see like throughout the last two years in particular, as I've been trying to pursue the Lord more. It's like oh, when I first started praying divine office, that became like, I must pray divine office to be a good Catholic. Right. And then it was like, oh, when I fell off of that, I was like, oh, I'm awful. Um, or divine office will feed me like, oh, but what if it, and then like when it didn't feed me, I was like, oh, why God? Like, you know, am I, mm-hmm. am I falling into whatever? Um, and I think it's really neat because these things, they almost all, or not almost always, always really, mm-hmm. um, these things realign us in some way that we don't realize and and this is where the hindsight comes in Mm -hmm. where for example again with that example of uh the office now i pray the office when i can and it's beautiful when i can but there's no pressure Mm -hmm. right if i if i don't get to i don't get to it if i get to all of it i get to all like wonderful Mm -hmm. um if i'm halfway through and i get distracted okay great i'm not a religious like it's not the end of the world right um and because of that, I've been able to really have a freedom in the way that I approach this beautiful prayer of the church. And that's something that God had to rip away from me first, the graces that I was getting from it. Mm-hmm. And how interesting is that, right? Mm-hmm. That sometimes the things not going your way is for you to not get graces oh, yeah. in the way that you've been expecting. Oh, like all the time. Yeah. If anything, like that's, I think that's one of the most important lessons in life. Um, like obviously within the church, outside of the church, um, directed by God, certainly. But like if you lived a life where everything just went your way, yeah, um, yeah. Like if I ever had my own child, I I literally st- sitting here right now and also in the future, I would not want that for my kid. Yeah, um, you know, you need to be able to you need to be able to adapt. You need to be able to understand that not everything is about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly within you know going back to the heart of worship lyrics, the the song, it's certainly all about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned the uh, the prayer uh, within the Garden of Gethsemane, so I just quickly pulled up that Bible passage. Um, so it's uh, I I've pulled up Matthew twenty six, um, and it's verse two, it's verse forty two. 
And so obviously, you know, if you aren't familiar with the Passion of Jesus, this is the scene where um, he is in the Garden of Gethsemane with a couple of his disciples. Um, it's, it's, it's the night before he, he's, he's going to be crucified. Um, he knows that there's a lot of suffering up ahead. <clears throat> and I think even before I read this verse, it's kind of like, imagine being in that spot where because you are God, because you are omniscient, um, you know like literally that not just that suffering is coming at you, you know exactly how much suffering, you know exactly how much is going to hurt, um, just like how much pain it's going to be. Like all of those things are going to have a crown of thorns placed on your head. And so he prays like, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And basically what he's doing in this verse, verse 42, is he's saying like, you know, he, he, he does ask for the cup to be passed from him, mm -hmm. but he ultimately ends it with your will be done. Yeah. And I think that's that. Those are a few very key words, four key words um, for for these moments where, regardless of whether it's something trivial, regardless if it's something where um, you know maybe a, a close loved one is is going through kind of some kind of suffering or illness, um, something I've very much learned um, as I've kind of gone through my journey as a Catholic is just tacking on your will be done to a lot of my prayers um like it's okay to ask for things it's okay to petition for things that's a lot of our saints do those things like they they ask god for this and that um for for the cup to be passed whatever but always i think a good reminder for all of us is to at the end of your prayer just say hey your will be done lord um you know me best you know what's best for me um even though i really really want this thing to happen let your will be done instead. Um, and so so I, I think that's actually been one of the most... I, I must have heard it in a homily or something when mm. I was a kid going to church. Um, and thankfully, praise God, like it has really stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And certainly it's helped me to manage things like this where I feel like I'm a control freak and just kind of need to let go a little bit. I think it's also really inspiring to look around us because particularly if we surround ourselves with Catholic circles, and, and if you haven't yet, I encourage you to... Um, you'll come across these one or two people who are, uh, and hopefully more, there is a true uh, abandonment to God's will. Right. Right. There is this whole, I have no idea what's happening in my life, but I know God will take care of me. Mm -hmm. um, every time I come across these people, I'm like, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. Or like, I don't believe you. You know, like, <laughs> like you're just saying it. You're, you're that guy who became you know what joined whatever mission recently mm -hmm. and just says lord a million times in prayer because <laughs> that's what you think makes you whole like like you know like that's what comes to mind for me yep. um but you know meeting these people and getting to know them it's like truly there is a, an abandonment to divine providence mm -hmm. there is a wow this is a mess <laughs> yeah you know and every time i've tried to clean up the messes it's never gone well so god like here you go here's mm -hmm. the mess you mm -hmm. know figure it out for me and and it's crazy and 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 these people have such a freedom and such a joy it is ridiculous to think and it's so counter-cultural counterintuitive to think that by me saying i'm not going to figure it out by me saying that i'm not going to decide how it's going to happen there is more freedom in that like mm -hmm. i am more free by subscribing to god's rules of what's going to happen next mm -hmm. that is like so uh, against the grain but at the same time, like you meet the people who are living this and it's like, all right, like there is actually something here, you know, and it's crazy. One of the, uh, one of the examples of that, like physically, I suppose, is 
when people go on like pilgrimage walks mm. and they pack like bare minimum like couple change of clothes kind of thing yeah. probably no i think no food definitely no money um my fiance jen she's been on a couple um camino walks so right. if you haven't heard what that is Oh man, I don't even know if I can explain it, but basically, like I can explain. So it's can like you? it's yeah. called the Camino de Santiago de Compostela, is the one that you're, I think you're talking about. The Way of Saint James yeah. is, is what it's also called. There's a beautiful movie about it called The Way, mm. uh, which has Martin Sheen in it. So if you guys haven't watched that, that is a gorgeous, gorgeous movie to watch with uh, with your family, with your on your own, whatever. Um, but uh, there are different starting points. Um, but it goes along um, the through the northern coast of Spain, I believe, to um, this place called Santiago de Compostela. Um, it's a uh, it's a gorgeous pilgrimage, and it has a sign of like a shell in it. Um, there is a passport for it, where yeah. pilgrims will kind of stamp their way along through. To do it end to end in one go, I think realistically it takes them only three months, and very few people do it end to end that way. Uh, more more typically, especially in the more modern professional age, a lot of people will take like sabbaticals maybe of a month or they'll take weeks and they'll do it bit by bit. So mm-hmm. they'll go and they'll walk along for a week or some people bike it as well now. Um, so there's different <laughs> ways to approach it. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, it's a really gorgeous uh, pilgrimage. When Jen and I had half joked about me going on it, um, she was saying like she would walk the entire thing and I could like ride a horse or like, <laughs> I think you can take like a, a car or something or yeah. I, maybe not a car but definitely like a horse sure, or something yeah. uh, because I am not a walker anyway so my point is like with these kinds of pilgrimages um, these people like literally just um, I think force themselves to, to do that to take on that abandonment um, and so certainly that's kind of for me what comes to mind from a very physical um, manifestation I suppose where you are just giving everything up to God and it's kind of like Along the way of this walk, you are meeting people, you're relying on these people to offer you their homes, to offer you food, probably to offer you clothing or like a way to wash your clothing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, again, I, I'm, I'm an overpacker. I pack too many things. Um, so I, I certainly can't imagine that. And when you talk about these people that you've met where they just have that abandonment to God's will, um, Certainly, I feel like I've improved over time in yeah. that sense and kind of increased in my own faith. But uh, yeah, it, it kind of rattles me. I just, I can't imagine doing that. I think uh, uh, one thing that definitely helps, at least for me, um, with having the trust at least going forward, because um, I've also, same thing, you know, I, I, I like being in control. Um, you know, as much as I fly by the seat of the pants, I like mm-hmm. it being at my discretion. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I've gotten a lot or I, I've opened myself a lot more to God's providence. And the way that this has happened, actually, particularly my living situation, is where it's been really clear how divine providence comes in. So I'll, I'll give a, um, the example of my move to Toronto, really. Right. So when I first came to Toronto, the first place we landed, it wasn't great. So that's not the story. But <laughs> um, when we were looking for a place to settle um for my parents were helping me look and i was looking as well and we were talking to realtors and stuff we landed in this building in downtown toronto mm-hmm. um and we walked in and we're like this is gorgeous um this feels like home we put a bit on it we bought it i had no idea what this neighborhood was right like zero clue mm-hmm. so, I, so i lived next to st lawrence market i didn't know what that was i, I was like sure mm-hmm. you know <laughs> it's close enough to work that's all i cared about mm-hmm. And now I'm here, I'm like, I love it here. Like, I wouldn't want to live any other part of downtown if mm-hmm. I was going to live in any other part of downtown. Um, so, and, and that was perfect amount of space for me as a bachelor. Fast forward to when Karen and I get engaged. And we're like, all right, now we got to figure out a space to live. 
Like, I don't know what's going to go on here. Um, I wasn't really looking. My parents were like, you should probably look. I was like, ah, whatever, we'll figure it out. And then I felt guilty because my parents were looking, but I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is weird. So I should take a look. And like literally within half an hour of me turning on my computer and looking, I see the place that we're currently sitting in. And it had been listed earlier that day. And by the end of the week, we had bought it. Um, and it was like affordable for us. Mm-hmm. It's the perfect space for us. And it was just like, um, the weekend before that, when my mom asked me like, all right, Andrew, I know you're not looking, but, uh, what would you want? I was like, ah, oh, like the same place, but like with another bathroom and a den would be great. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you guys will probably never be here. Some of you will, but whatever. anyways, this is quite layout wise. It's quite literally yeah. the same unit. Plus it was like extended a little bit, like a little bit longer. And that length difference is literally a second bath- bathroom in a den. Mm-hmm. So it's like that kind of provenance has me where like, all right, for me and Cherry, like, you know, yeah, we kind of are feeling the walls a little bit now. We're kind of feeling we want to upsize a little bit. And my parents are going like, all right, Andrew, what's your plan? And I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like this is where finally for once I'm like, listen, like if it's right for us to move, God will make it work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, if there is something that we, we should do, God will align things out for us. Mm-hmm. Does that mean I'm sitting around doing nothing? No, I'm actively paying attention to what's in the market in our desired neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I'm paying attention to the value of my home because if I don't pay attention, then I won't be able to see what how God wants to bring this into my life, mm-hmm. right? It's that story, again, of like the flood where there was the fireman and the boat and whatever, right? Uh, I feel like I've alluded to this enough times. That I, I think you did say mention it, it on the last talk. On the but last I should actually say what this is. So basically, yeah. this story goes, it's a joke. Um where like I think it's like someone's in a in a home and it's flooding. Yeah. Yeah, it's flooding and it's on the ground floor and then like someone comes and knocks on the door and says, Hey, I've got a car, let's get going and then he says, No, God will save me and then the floods and update ends up on the second floor, someone comes by on a boat, he's like, Hey, get on and it's like, No, God will save me and goes up and it's like maybe like a helicopter comes by and says like, Hey, get on, it's like, No, God will save me and the guy drowns and he's in heaven, he's like, God, what the heck? I trusted you. He's like, man, I sent you a car, a boat, and a, and a helicopter. You didn't get on. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like, this is where trusting in God doesn't mean I'm going to just sit on my hands and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Trusting in God means I'm going to pay attention, uh, but I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep doing the things, whatever your situation is, but I'm going to pay attention to where God's leading me. Um, and this is where I feel so little pressure about... Um, or does it feel a little bit tight? Yeah, I guess so. But mm-hmm. at the same time, am I worried about moving up? Like someone literally texted me today saying, Hey Angie, how's the house hunt going? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I was like, aren't you worried about it? I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> so now I feel like one of those weird people. That's yeah. like... <laughs> no, no, for sure. Like, I, I think that was actually going to be one of the next things I want to bring up where, you know, what's the flip side of this or what's the other end of the spectrum perhaps where like you're just, I don't know, loosey-goosey, you're just not, like, doing whatever, and, and there's absolutely no structure to whatever it is you're doing, and yeah. you're just being like, oh, I believe in God, he'll take care of me. Yeah. Like, I, I think, I think, I'm glad you actually gave that little parable or whatever, um, and certainly your own example, where the, the key takeaway is needing to pay attention to um, the signs or the things that God places in front of you, mm-hmm. because, you know, like, yeah, again, if I were just to take your example... God, but if God quote unquote put this listing in front of you and then like you just didn't care enough to start looking at listings kind of thing. Yeah. Um, certainly, you know, I'm sure there are other examples where it's not like property related or like, you know, your own situation. Yeah. And whatnot. But yeah, I think, I think the flip side of it is like, 
you know, you can't just go running around being like, oh, I'm, I'm a hundred percent a believer in God, but like, you still have to be a little bit responsible about it. You know, mm-hmm. you still need to pay attention is the way you put it. So, um, no, I, I, I think I, I even have a recent example, uh, to share as well, where, um, and I don't mind sharing about this publicly for reasons that I'll get into, but, uh, over the last month or so, you know about this, but I've been looking at a specific job mm-hmm. where it would have essentially been my dream job that I've been looking for my entire yeah. life. Um, and, and I, I've been interviewing for, it. I went through multiple rounds of interviews, uh, thought I had a pretty decent shot for various reasons. And then I think what it's shaping out to be right now is that like, I'm not going to end up getting that job. Mm-hmm. I don't mind speaking about this publicly, even like, first of all, it's still kind of like hot off the press kind of thing, but I don't mind speaking about it publicly, even if some of my Deloitte coworkers are listening to this, I think because it's not, it's not because of anything Deloitte has done for me. It's literally, this is what I want in my entire life, you know? So, but that was something where over the past few weeks, uh, yeah, I've been a little bit antsy about it. I've been, you know, doing the thing where you open up Gmail and I just pull down on my phone and it's like refresh and still zero unread emails, zero new emails, um, waiting for the next interview, waiting for is the offer going to come kind of thing. And yeah, it, it, for me, it, it was a bit of an emotional time. Yeah. As my as my fiance likes to say, even a bit of emotion is a big deal for me. Um, yeah, just that nervous energy kind of thing, and and constantly like almost compulsively checking my phone just yeah. to see if that was going to come through. Um, but yeah, like it, it doesn't seem like that's going to materialize. And throughout the whole thing, within that those particular moments, I think what I've been trying to do is just kind of what I said earlier of saying those few words of "Hey, like God, like you know what's best for me. You know I really want this." If I can ask, I really want this, but at the end of the day, let your will be done. So, yeah. um, I think, I think for me, I'm fortunate to be in a place where I heard those words when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm fortunate to be in a place where I've learned to kind of bring that into my prayer life. Um, and so I think if you're listening to me and Andrew talk here is, you know, uh, you know, maybe you are someone who's kind of struggling with this. Mm. Maybe you're someone who... Uh, like the both of us in different ways, uh, you're a huge planner, you're a huge coordinator, uh, you like to be in control, which is fine. I'm sure like for the most part, that's working out for you. But I think there's going to be times in your life if you have not already experienced them where things are not going to go your way. Yeah. And so for me, the one thing I would say as a takeaway from the conversation that Andrew and I have been having is try to just start by in those moments where it's actually not even that difficult. Like let's say you're, you want something trivial. Let's say, um, oh man, it's tough for me to come up with something on the spot, but maybe it's something, maybe it's, um, maybe it's something where, uh, a present you want for Christmas. Sure. I guess so. I was trying to lean away from the material stuff, but Uh, that's okay. Okay. (laughs) Let's say it is something very trivial like that. And you just say like, Hey, you know, Lord, I really want this person, this present for Christmas, but let your will be done, you know? Um, or, and then I think, I think the first time or the first few times is always going to be hard as it is with anything. But what I, would, what I would say is you're trying, you're preparing yourself so that when there are moments where it is really tough, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's something related to a loved one. Maybe it's something related to yourself that is not a Christmas present. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're able to be like, Hey Lord, I know I can lean on you for this. Yeah. And I know that at the end of the day, if your will is done, that's the best thing that could happen. And, and know that um, God's will is always going to be better. 
Yeah. Like there, there's a, there's a really, really crucial piece here where it's, we're not just saying, hey, if things don't go your way, like it's fine. Like, no, it's not fine. It's better. Um, and one thing that helps is looking back at things where, my yes. goodness, this turned yeah. out better than I could ever have planned. Like mm-hmm. e- every single one of us, I, I guarantee, has said that at some point in our life. Yeah, things didn't go the way we wanted, but like this is better than we could ever have imagined. Mm-hmm. This is better than we could ever have imagined. So those those are the situations where you're able to see like, hey, let's look back at those and say like, hey, this is where God actually pulls me into a better path mm-hmm. to greener pastures, right? Um, I think there's a really interesting piece too. So I, I've also mentioned um, Father Kevin Belgrave's talk a couple times now um, from whenever, GT20. GT20. Um, and... It's on Catholic morality, and one of the really crucial foundational pieces of what he was talking about is that um, we are still being formed into God's image. And so, like, mm-hmm. why does this matter? And we'll probably need to dive into this into part two or something like that. But anyways, why this matters is that means that we aren't fully formed into a place where we can create our best plan. Mm-hmm. And so... God coming in and dipping his hand in and saying, here's where you, here's your little alignment. Like that's part of God continuing to form us into his Mm -hmm. image. Right. So like, this is where the question has to become the what, if you are coming in and giving me a guardrail, right. What are you pointing me towards? Mm -hmm. That's the question. Not like, why was the guardrail there? Mm -hmm. What are you pointing me towards? Because we know why as a general statement, why is always going to be to get me to sainthood. To, to bring me to sanctity mm-hmm. uh, in some form or other, or to bring more holiness into the world mm-hmm. in some way or other in God's view, which is greater than ours. Mm-hmm. Right. So again, that Bishop Barron thing that I brought up probably a year and a bit ago now, but where he mentioned like, Hey, what if this, uh, this child who's taking care of her disabled brother, mm. what if that brings compassion, which will affect their children's children's children and bring a saint into the world, mm-hmm. right? Like all these things where because of those examples that are very possibly true, we'll probably never get to the why, right? Like we'll probably, and, and that's, that's why it's important for us to focus yeah. on the what, yeah. because we'll go crazy trying to figure out the why, yeah. but the what is always going to be more attainable. The what, is always going to be something that's directly applicable to us in terms of this is what God wants to change in us for us to become holier, right? Uh, that was another point that I had where, you know, it's kind of like if you are someone who is struggling with, uh, you know, in the moment, um, how do I react? How can I try to be a little bit more cool, cool-headed or whatnot? And how can I trust in God more? Um, if I can be a little bit frank, it's just, you know, it's not all about yourself. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think there's an aspect of, humility an aspect of allowing yourself to be humbled where you realize that there is something there are several many many millions of things that are more important than what it is that you want in this particular moment even if it is a really really serious uh issue that is personal to you really really serious that is personal to you um there's still a lot more that's going on that is beyond your outside of yourself so I think there, there's kind of a, a mentality of allowing yourself to be humbled and knowing that God is the master planner. As yeah. much as you think you are the master planner, God is the true master planner. And God is the one who has designed everything uh, beautifully. And he knows, you know, if you just let him, right? Like if he allows, or sorry, if you allow him to point you in one particular direction, which maybe you didn't think you wanted to go in the first place, if you're able to trust him that, 
you know, he knows what's best for you and just walk down that path kind of thing. That's kind of the increase in faith um, and with the with the mentality of increasing your humility um, that I think you need um, to be able to kind of, you know, the next time when something doesn't go your way, you're able to, instead of you know throwing a tantrum or instead of just, you know, being really upset about it, you're able to kind of step back and mm. and just accept it and just have faith in god because honestly like with the with the sharing i just gave about my job situation i can easily like a hundred percent i'm sure that six or seven years ago maybe five years ago i would have been pretty upset about mm-hmm. you know not hearing back and and whatnot i probably would have whatever thrown my own tantrum um but i think you know over the years because i've had the the again i'm lucky to have learned the things that i have learned yeah um honestly like I haven't had that much of a reaction to what's been happening. Yeah. So, and, and I think it, what's really great is that you, the way you talk about it as well is like, um, you can pray for it. Yeah. Like this isn't in both of our situations, us being able to be more trusting in God has nothing to do with our own efforts. Of course we haven't, I haven't been like, all right, so next time this happens, God, I'm going to trust you more. Mm-hmm. And like, because I said, like, my will be done. Like, you know, like it's, it, it wasn't that way. <laughs> Can you imagine saying my right? will be done? Right? It's very much like God has been saying like, hey, all right, Angie, like, here's the humility you need for that. Mm. Here's the, here's the dose of it you need. Here's the dose of, I remember like for this particular unit, when this came into being uh, of, of us being able to move in here, yep. um, that was one of the first times that I was like, this is like. No other word other than providential can explain mm-hmm. how this happened. Mm-hmm. Right? Like this is just quite literally to a T what was needed, to a T what I asked for, and in a timing that's like unreasonably good. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just yeah. providential is the only way to describe it. And and that was like the dose of wonder and awe that I needed in order for God to build that humility into me. Right. right? So it's you know. But the openness matters. The openness matters, right? Where, um, you know, where we don't want to be and where this is something where we do have some some control is if we're so closed off and so focused on our own goals that we don't receive the grace until much after. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get the, the the other statement, which isn't the, this turned out so much better than I imagined. It's like, oh man, I wish I noticed how good it was. Mm-hmm. I wish... I, I wish, I wish, I wish, right? Mm. That's what happens when we're like so focused on trying to affect the change that we want. So focused on the goals that we had. So focused on like for you, right? If it was like, all right, this didn't work. So let me go to the next company that can give something similar. Mm-hmm. And let me just oh, keep yeah. on redoing, redoing, redoing yeah. until rinse and repeat until it works. Yeah. You just drive yourself into insanity, right? Yeah. Like you probably get it at some point and be like, oh, finally, yeah. this actually worked out. And then you probably get there and be miserable. You know, mm. like it's just... It's, and then be like, oh, this isn't this isn't what I wanted. This yeah. isn't what I thought it would be. Um, and then you you'd be in this vicious cycle of like, all right, now what's the next dream drop? Yeah, right. So like, these are the things where because you're open, like now it's like, okay, great. Like, this didn't happen. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> like now, like, what do you want me to do now, God? Right. Like, mm-hmm. and like, I think what I'm this tangent really came from is like it has to come from us praying that God will affect this in us that uh we understand that grace is the only way that we'll change in this way mm-hmm. it's a, it's never going to be by our own efforts exactly yeah no i i think that's a perfect way to wrap this up mm-hmm. um where hey like you know it could be tomorrow it could be as soon as tomorrow um but i would say as soon as today or tonight whenever you listen to this um maybe start bringing it into your prayer because it can literally be anything i i 
how often, like, I know for me, like, most of my prayers probably contain some little bit of, like, asking for things and petitioning for things. Yeah. Um, always, though, I think if you just start ending it with, you know, let your will be done. Yeah. Uh, everything kind of wraps into the into that. We talked about the abandonment to God's will. We talked about, uh, you know, increasing your humility and, and, and growing in your faith. Um, I think if you say the, the same words that Jesus literally said, I think that's a pretty good start. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, before we do sign off, uh, there were a couple things I wanted to mention. Uh, something I One thing I should have mentioned last podcast, but didn't get a chance to. Um, just a quick shout out to... <laughs> It's weird to Pope Francis, um, uh, who 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 came to Canada at the end of July um, and kind of gave that official apology to mm-hmm. to the Indigenous peoples for uh, the the harms and the abuses uh, that happened as a result of the residential schools. Uh, certainly, you know the first uh, of many steps that needs to happen when it comes to things like recovery and reconciliation and healing. Certainly, there are many Indigenous peoples who are still angry, who don't find that enough, and, and certainly I, I understand those sentiments. So I think for that, all, all we can do is continue to pray, continue to pray that um, our, our successor of, of, of Peter uh, can lead the church in the right way to, so that we can, we can reconcile um, and, and, and heal. Second thing is a bit more recent news, Canadian Cardinal Mark Willett. Uh, there are allegations of sexual abuse on his part uh, or sexual harassment. Um, I think investigation and outcome is still on. That doesn't make sense. Investigation is still out, uh, still ongoing. Outcome not made. Uh, so I think, you know, for me, it's just been a prayer of, you know, asking the Lord to sh- to, to show justice where, where justice should be shown. Um, he mm-hmm. is the ultimate judge. Um, and the Lord to be merciful and also for our Lord to uh, allow healing in, in the places where, where healing needs to be, mm-hmm. be made. So um, those two things I want to call out for, for anyone who wasn't aware. Um, certainly, I think those are areas of, of prayer that are much needed. So mm-hmm. uh, so I think that's it. That wraps everything up. Um, apologies again for the drill noise at the beginning for the first few minutes. I think uh, it went away after a little bit. So thanks for listening to that. And thanks for listening to us. And you'll hear from us next time. Stay safe, everyone.